Welcome to the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, and world-renowned speaker, Richard Bliss Brook. Learn from extraordinary leaders and get a behind-the-scenes look at what it truly takes to become a network marketing hero. On this week's episode... You can start by saying things that are doesn't put people on edge. And you can do this by what I call mind reading, which is just observing the obvious. Uh, people tend to trust and like and listen to people who have the same viewpoint they do. That's why we like people of the same religion, the same ethnic background, the same city, uh, the same political party. Stay tuned after this episode for an exclusive discount code to get 10% off Richard's tools at blissbusiness.com. Just the presence all of us where in this vast universe are you on my way to kazakhstan right now well of course why wouldn't you be kazakhstan uh sounds like a cia movie where are you on your way to kazakhstan from uh from perth australia (laughs) are you flying are you on a train are you on some kind of a like a sailboat where there's only two of you and it's going to take three months. How are you getting there? Uh, no, commercial airline where you sit, they bring you food, and they show you movies. It's a tough life. <laughs> well, good for you. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you a little bit about our uh, guest tonight. First of all, he's one of the few people left alive in the network marketing profession that's been doing it longer than me. He has a full five years on me, 45 years in the network marketing profession, which makes him about 100 times smarter than even the most successful people in our profession. And uh, he's done it all. He's owned his own companies. Uh, He's built his own sales organization. In fact, uh, you can check this box. He built his own team of 100,000 people, and he did it in two years. So that's like, we, we can't even interview him for the four-year career because he did it in two years, and he did it like two or three times over. Uh, he is the author of 15 books. That's 15 books on the network marketing profession and how to be a professional and succeed on purpose by design in network marketing, and he's one of my favorite all-time people in the world in network marketing because he does it right. He is an honorable network marketer that is all about servant leadership, all about supporting people, teaching people, coaching people, making it all about other people's success. And he's one of the preeminent trainers in our profession Uh, that delivers hands-on tools and training, practical stuff that you can use every day in every conversation so that people can actually hear you and want to listen to your story and can engage in your story and see the possibilities of our products and our profession. And before I get into the actual interview, Tom, I I know you've probably heard this story a long time ago, but I got to tell everybody this story. So this is a story about long before I met Tom Schreider. 
I'm going to guess it takes place 25, 30 years ago, maybe longer. I grabbed a, somewhere, got my first Tom Schreider uh, nicknamed Big Al book. And the name of the book might have been your first book, Tom, was called Big Al Tells All. It was a little paperback book. And I was on a flight from Los Angeles to San Francisco, which is a short, you know, maybe 45-minute, hour-long flight. And I started reading this book once I got settled in my seat. And I don't know if any of this has happened to any of you before, maybe watching a movie it has or listening to some crazy YouTube video. But everybody had gotten completely off the plane. And the only people on the plane now was the cleaning crew. And I'm sitting in the back of the plane on, uh, in my seat in tears. I am crying so hard, laughing so hard about the profound wisdom and brutal truth that Tom Schreider was laying out in Big Al Tells All. One of the first books I ever read on this profession, I'd already been in it, you know, 10 or 15 years. So um, what I was reading was stuff that had happened to me, stuff that I knew was true, but nobody had ever written about it before. And since then, you know, Tom, you've had a, a significant impact on my career. You've been a good friend. You've been an inspiration. You've been a, uh, a comrade, somebody that, you know, you know, we may only see each other once a year, once every other, uh, every other year. We're on the same path. You've been a great inspiration. And I think, you know, what I want everybody to think about in your career is, one of the super cool things about network marketing is the ripple effect that we can all have. And that's the number of people that we can impact by our positive role model, our contribution, the integrity uh, with which we walk our path in this profession. You know, we can impact people for good or we can impact people for bad. And Tom, the number of people that you have positively impacted around the world is staggering. I would I would estimate it's in the tens of millions of distributors representing thousands of different companies in hundreds of countries. And you you do something that nobody else in our profession does, nobody has ever done to my knowledge, and that is you your your routine is you globe trot and probably almost every night of the week, I don't know, you could tell us, you know, you're doing a, an event, all network marketers who want to come and hear about what you've done and how to do it, and you do that all over the world. And you guys can go to fortunenow.com, fortunenow.com. That's Tom's website. That's where you can get his 15 books. You can also get them on Amazon, and you can also find his, uh, event schedule and find a city that he's coming to near you, or you could also request that he come to you if you have a sizable enough team. Next time he gets within a plane flight of you, don't be surprised if he shows up because that's just what he does. <clears throat> so, Tom, after that flowery introduction that you have to live up to, uh, what I want you to tell these folks is, how did you first 
here about network marketing. What were you doing? Where were you? Who told you about it? And the name isn't important, but how you knew them is important. And what did they say to you that either repelled you or captured your imagination? Can you tell that story? Well, that's a bunch of questions for an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a story you've told about 100,000 times. Yeah. So uh, the short story is 45 years ago, I'm doing mathematics and total nerd. Um, Charisma bypass, socially challenged, waste of society. Um, shouldn't be let out in public. And I'm thinking I need some more money, so I answer a little tiny classified ad in the newspaper. So and that it says, works. Part time. <laughs> well, one time. <laughs> <laughs> but it said part time business, and I thought, well, that's better than a part time job. So I went down on a Saturday morning. It's the basement of a shopping center in Chicago. And it's a meeting from nine to noon. So I'm sitting in there, and there's a bunch of oh, overage hippies talking about strength stuff, falling out of their colon, and jumping around doing weird stuff. And uh, I, I was spot ready to leave, but there's like armed guards at the back of the room. There's about 150 people there, so I sat there quietly through it all. And on the way out, when the meeting was over, I'm sneaking out, and this guy stops me. And he says, uh, so are you the one that answered my ad? Yeah, but I'm thinking, how did he know that? Well, later on I figured out that I was the only guest out of the 150 people. So <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he, he wasn't psychic or anything. And he said, what do you think? And I said, I think I'm out of here. It's just not for me, you know, trying to be polite, you know, whatever. So first lesson I learned was, Three hours of information opportunity meeting is probably uh, a great way to fail. But, yeah. of course, I wasn't paying attention. And then uh, he said something in 30 seconds, and I said, how do I join? What did he say? So that was my second lesson. That Well, he said, uh, when you join our business, here's what happens. Uh, six months from now, you walk into your boss's office, lean back in the chair, put your feet up on the desk, leave little scuff marks as you heal, and calmly tell the boss you can't fit him in your schedule any longer. Walk out of the office, pick up your personal belongings, go downstairs, uh, hop into your brand-new bonus car, drive down to the bank to deposit your bonus check, go to the drive-in teller and say, I don't know, put it in checking or savings. I don't know. I get these things every month. And then go home for a glass of your favorite beverage. So how do I join? <laughs> so the lesson right there was 30 seconds will get people to join if you say the right things, and three hours of oral diarrhea will kill you. So what I immediately yeah. did was start off with one year and 10 months of oral diarrhea, <laughs> <So> <laughs> giving great presentations to people who tell me no, for, you know, testimonials, the whole works. Yeah, it was deadly. So that's how I started. So what were you selling? What was the name of that company? Uh, selling vitamins. So uh, I'm 23 years old. I don't know uh, anything about vitamins, and all my friends are, you know, their priorities are beer and women or vice versa. You know, you're young. Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, 
All right. So the first year and a half, uh, sounds like you did not do well. What changed? Well, I wouldn't say well. It's just that the end of the year and 10 months, I had no distributors and no customers. Everything else is good. Yeah, yeah. I had a good attitude. Right. <laughs> I had vision. <laughs> uh, I had goals, you know. So uh, what changed is my wife said to me, hey, dear, I'm pregnant with child number two. How's your business coming along? I had to tell her the truth. I told her it's consistent. But uh, she's pretty upset. <laughs> so I, I tell people that it comes a time in your life where you're going to have to suck it up and make a decision. This is my time. Uh, fortunately, being married, I don't have to make decisions. But other people have to make them for themselves. So I was told, figure out how to make this thing work now. So I spent about 900 bucks three days of my life, went to Minneapolis, Minnesota, froze my butt. And the only thing they told me was it was a course on how to have a better attitude. I, you know, I'm desperate. And I'm thinking, I've been up here two and a half days, and you've been telling me, get a better attitude. And I'm thinking, you got to see what my attitude is right now when I have to go home and tell my wife that uh, I'll just be positive about being a loser. So uh, what they did tell me was that the people at the top and me at the bottom had the same weather, same programs, same products, same territory, same prospects. The only difference was the people at the top, when they met the exact same prospect, they just said a couple different words, or they moved the words around a little bit. And I said, well, really? Come on, really? They said, yeah. I said, if I move the words around a little bit, like it'd be like a printing press for cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you telling me if I just, you know, move, move the word just a little bit that I could be successful? Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you, anyway, my mom didn't drop me on my head. So I'm thinking, all right. I'll go home, listen to other people that get checks, how they talk, try some of their phrases. 60 days later, I had a full-time check. Quit my job, never looked back. And to me, I got hooked on what to say, like crack cocaine. I thought this was the coolest thing in the world. You know, I, I was motivated. I was excited. I knew what I wanted. Um, I chanted affirmations. I sang the company song. You know, I, I visionated, I motivated. You visionated. The only thing I didn't have. You're making fun of me. I, yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just saying incompetent stuff. So um, I, I tell people in the workshops, you, you need a good attitude or else you're going to die. And, you know, you need to be motivated or else you're going to die. And you need some skills unless you're going to die. You need all three. It's not that one's more important than the other. So I had a pretty good attitude in spite of all that. And I had the goals. I knew what I wanted. I was motivated. I, I was just incompetent. I just never been around people or talked to people. And I said the absolutely wrong stuff that you can imagine. So that's how I got started. And so... Tell us some of the things you started doing different. Like, I know now you got 45 years worth of these these lines, these icebreakers, these 30-minute presentations. Uh, I don't suppose you want to tell us about what you learned 45 years ago that worked. Tell us about what works <laughs> now. So I'll turn you loose for a few minutes. Give these people a mini seminar, like – 
if there's a hundred of us and we're sitting in front of you and we're relatively new, we're not successful yet, and you had five or ten minutes to unleash your wisdom on us, what would you tell us? I'd say uh, you don't have to be a better person. You just have to say better stuff. And this is kind of heartening for people like me when I get started. I think, oh, I got to be you know, super motivated, take bullets in the forehead and arrows in the back and uh, jump up and down and like some maniac and stand out in the middle of the street and stalk the strangers. And that's all really intimidating for, for, for most of us. So what I tell people is in the beginning – um, you, you don't have to be a better person. You don't have to be brave. Just, just say better stuff. And and they go, really? And I said, well, you've already talked to your relatives, right? What they say? No. And when you talk to your friends, what they say? Oh, they're not interested. And so what are you going to do now? And they say, well, I'm going to try some new people to ruin. I said, oh, that's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, but uh, so if your relatives and friends hated what you said, Strangers ain't going to like it any better. So maybe we might want to change what we say. And I said, just take a little piece of paper and one side write down the cool things you said that bombed and the cool things you said that worked. And when you start doing this, you'll, you'll notice over time that some stuff works consistently better than other stuff you say. And then people say, well, yeah, but it's all about level four percentage and our company founder can beat up your company founder, and our scientist got an award once. And I, I said, oh, man, kill me. So here's <laughs> the difference in what to say. If people make up their mind quick, so I just ask people, put on your thinking cap. I'm going to start with these sentences. You tell me if you have a yes or no decision on my business. And they say, well, I don't know if I can make a decision before I see it all. Oh, yes, you can. I tell people. That I saw, and I want you to see it. It's spiders and snakes chasing small children and scaring them. Do you want to go? And they go, no. I said, well, wait, wait. Let me show you the video trailer. No, no. Wait, let me tell you about the director. Oh, and we uh, we have uh, some testimonials here. And they said, no, I've already made up my mind. And I said, same with network marketing. Same with anything. You walk down the grocery store aisle, and the first thing you see is a box of cornflakes. And you say, well, let me grab that box of cornflakes, read the glycemic index and the amount of carbohydrates, and uh, I wonder if the company has a video. Who's the company founder? What was the background? How do they rank on the Inc. 1300? And we don't do that. We just look at the cornflakes and say no and go down the aisle. I mean, if we did that for every item, we'd never get down the end of the grocery store aisle. We'd starve. So how we go down is – we go, no, 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 yeah, chocolate, throw that in. No, 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 bottle of wine, yeah, maybe so, yeah, no, no, no. And we make instant decisions quickly to buy, to join, to get involved, to trust. And I said, they make them based upon what you say right away, so observe. So I start with a few sentences to show them how the words we say has probably killed our career more than we can even imagine. I can't think, imagine thinking how many people I've slayed, but – um, for, for the listeners, just feel the decision inside your head if I start off with these sort of sentences. Um, then I just got involved with, and most people feel, oh, no, what, what happened? You know, oh, oh, it's going to ruin my evening. I don't want to listen. 
are, would you be interested in, that signals out here, so salesman coming, hide my wallet, hide my purse, or do you keep your income options open? Whoa, here's a salesman for sure, ready to take my money. <laughs> or I'm just looking for 10 special people, not nine, not 11, but 10. Yeah, 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 I believe that one. Or, how about, how is really your love plan? How about it? I, I, one of my favorites is, I'd really love it if you'd join my business. Well, that's a good Oh, yeah, yeah. Help me. Forget about you. Yeah, yeah. Forget about you. <laughs> or how about we're a ground floor opportunity with the fastest growing company ever in the history of mankind. Uh, yeah, our company founder walks on water when it's frozen. Wonderful family, man. Several families to prove it. Uh, I mean, we're, we're number three on the ink. 500, which means there's only 12 other companies better than us that you should join. And you know, it just makes you cringe when you hear the stuff that we say. And I said it all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I do sure. notice when I do that, people tend to run away. So, and I'm not very good at running, much less running after them. So that didn't work. So I tell people, you, you got to engage people where they are and stop chasing away with stupid sales pitches that have been promoted for 45 years by old idiots. Me. (laughs) (laughs) What do you say to them? We've tried it all. What are some compelling things to say? Well, there's one that uh, I ripped off from this guy that uh, I heard one time called, I am just curious. So (laughs) this Brooke guy said that, and I'm thinking, man, I could use that. Take full credit for it whenever he's not around. You can certainly do it in Kazakhstan can, can or wherever you are because they never heard of me over there. <laughs> that's right. And I said, I thought this up all on my own. <laughs> so I, I tell people, you say, just, I'm just curious. You can um, melt the coldest stranger's heart and never get rejected. Uh, they almost feel obligated to help you any way possible uh, as long as it's reasonable. So I like saying that. That's just a great example since you're on the line, and I'll have to give you credit for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, you could say things like, uh, I'm just curious, uh, do you enjoy working evenings? I'm just curious, how is it working here at McDonald's? I- I'm just curious, this is a pretty good paying job. I'm just curious, uh, what do you do during your commutes in the morning? It's a great way to start a conversation. People just love you. Right. And you could... Start by saying things that are doesn't put people on edge. And you can do this by what I call mind reading, which is just observing the obvious. Uh, people tend to trust and like and listen to people who have the same viewpoint they do. That's why we like people of the same religion, the same ethnic background, the same city, uh, same political party. So when we talk in terms of something they agree upon – a lot easier and I said there's got to be something in the universe that you can agree upon with somebody even if even if they're totally different so the example I give is I stop for gas and go inside to pay for the gas and I say to the clerk you know jobs really interfere with our week and the clerk goes amen brother and we all like to fire the boss he says oh man you're a mind reader you know, an extra paycheck sure would help nowadays. How do you do that? You have high-level Vulcan meeting mind powers I can only aspire to. And 
we'd all like to sell our alarm clock to our neighbor. We all, you know, it'd be great if we had more time with our children. We all could use a raise. And, and basically, people go into a deep hypnotic trance saying, you and I think the same. We're joined at the hip, Vulcan, mind mill, blood brother, blood sister. And cool things like starting where they are is things that I had no clue upon. I started by pointing out the differences. I said, you have a stupid job. I got this great business. What do you think? <laughs> of course, I was dead on demand. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so if, if you're on the, this call, I'll take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle, and on the left, right, you know, to say, and on the right, cool things that you, <laughs> you shouldn't say. And the list of stuff not to say gets along in a hurry. I mean, between you and I, Richard, we could write an encyclopedia on stuff not to say, don't you think? Yes, for sure. Yep. Yeah, and starting with like like (laughs) one fundamental for people, uh, folks, is you can either ask a question or you can make a statement. And asking a question is always a hundred times more engaging for the prospect than something you might say to them. And what Tom does so brilliantly is teaches people to get on the prospect's same level. So most of the people on this call are probably in the United States, and so most of the people on this call are kind of tuned in or probably by now tuned out to our current election process. But so just imagine that you go up to a prospect who is a Trump supporter and you start talking about Hillary uh, agenda items like, you know, how wonderful Hillary is or how wonderful the Democratic Party is or vice versa. Just notice, even though you may think you're right, even though you may think you have the best political agenda on the planet, that it's it's not going to get the prospect coming your way because you don't know what's important to them. You haven't asked, and you're selling them something that they don't want. And what, Tom, you're so brilliant at is giving people these little mini, you know, I, I think I'm really brilliant at complicating the business. You're really brilliant at simplifying the business and giving people these little one-line questions um, and some of them are statements, well, that, but give us some more of those. Uh, um, if you're just talking opportunity, you could say, you know, two paychecks are better than one. We all could use an extra paycheck. It'd be great to stay home with our children and have a full-time paycheck. We all hate warehousing our babies in daycare. It'd be great to double our pension in just nine months. We all would like to retire 10 years early at full pay. It'd be great to work three weeks out of the month, get paid for four. We all like to take a one-week holiday every month. It'd be great to take a six-month holiday twice a year. That's for the math geniuses. And uh, it'd be great never to show up for work again. Uh, we don't want to work 45 years like our parents. It'd be great to sell our alarm clock to our neighbor. Yeah, you go okay. into products. It's so much fun. Yeah, products. Is- <laughs> I mean, so, products about- for the skincare people. Yeah. The, yeah, the skincare and vitamins are just so many. All right, for skincare, right. um, 
we like to keep wrinkles away an extra 15 years. We all hate laying in bed listening to our skin wrinkle. Uh, for the vitamin people, dying early is inconvenient. We all like to feel like we're 16 years old all over again with better judgment. We want so much energy. Our grandbabies whine. Grandma, grandma, slow down. I can't keep up. So uh, what, what we have to do is just accumulate these. And when people hear it, just like that box of cornflakes or bar of chocolate, they're going to make an instant decision saying, yeah, I'm all over that. And unfortunately, that's how people make up their mind before they got to my brilliant presentation that bored them to death. <laughs> right. So you have another uh, brilliant little simple approach with people, and that is um, based on the fact that people want to be part of the in crowd. People want to do what the smart people in society do. People want to do what most people do. And you have this approach mm -hmm. that sounds like starts off with, you know, most people. Tell us about that. Well, if you say most people, the back of their mind executes this little script. Um, when you say most people, the back of their mind says most people. Am I part of most people or I'm part of less people? Well, not many people are part of less people. I'm part of most people. Plus, I want to be part of most people. Most people survive. I mean, most people let other people taste the food before they eat. And most people don't do something dangerous. Most people hang around groups. I want to be part of most people. I, I want to live as part of my survival program. I'm a most people type person. So it goes on and on. But the bottom line is two restaurants we want to eat in the full one because we want to survive because that's most people. <laughs> if you go through a dark alley and a big city at night, you want to walk through alone or with other people, with other people. So we're, we're programmed for most people. And, and that hurts us because when you talk to people, they say, most people I know work a job 45 years and retire and die. I want to be with most people. I don't want to be weird. I don't want to do one of these network marketing things. I, I, I want to be with most people because I feel comfortable around most people. So if we can use it for us or against us. So a little phrase like if you started your presentation just by saying these words, most people I show this business to get excited about it and want to join. People in the back of my mind saying, well, I guess I'm going to be excited about it. I want to join. <laughs> so brilliant. <laughs> so if you say, well, most people work, just think about that's two words. So if you have a pencil paper on this call, write down these six words. Write down everybody knows. So one period, everybody knows. So you say, well, everybody knows. Everybody knows they say, am I part of everybody? Am I part of nobody? Nobody's part of nobody. I'm part of everybody. If everybody knows, that means I know it. If I know it, it must be true. No further proof needed. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Here's the second one. Everybody says. So they say, oh, well, am I part of everybody? I'm part of nobody. If everybody says, that means I say it. If I say it, it must be true because what I say is true. I'm not a liar. Number three, write down most people. We already know how that sounds. And then, uh, oh, number four, write down this. Here's a really good close for everybody on the call. Would it be okay if? Now, if you say, would it be okay if, people are programmed to say yes, even before they heard the rest of the sentence. 
it's sad, but we have to use these shortcuts or else we can't think fast enough to get through life. So when you say, would it yep. be okay if, children say, would it be okay if I did my homework on Sunday? Would it be okay if we got a Nintendo 13? I heard they're educational. Would it be okay if I sit at Jenny's tomorrow night? Uh, we, we naturally want to say yes. So here we have is two words, two words, two words, four words. So you say, well, all right. Let's use this. Everybody knows, everybody says, most people, would it be okay if? Just to have a better conversation. So uh, let's just pick a, a, a product. Um, oh, let's pick diet products. Like I know a lot since I'm fat, but uh, if I was selling diet products, I might say to somebody, everybody knows dieting is difficult. They'd be going, oh, yeah. And everybody yeah, says yeah. we don't have time to exercise. Oh, yeah, and I'm big yeah. fat too. So most people would like to just take off weight by changing what they have for breakfast. Yeah. yeah. So would it be okay if you tried this breakfast shake for the next 30 days to see how much you could? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so let's do Skincare. Everybody knows Crinoline weather's hard on your skin. And everybody says we want to moisturize our skin at night so we don't get deep wrinkles like canyons. So most people want a nighttime moisturizer that totally seals the skin. So would it be okay if you got a jar of this super moisturizing cream for yourself and maybe a pallet load for your mother because she really needs it? <laughs> and you can just start talking just with the little formulas like this and people say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they like it because they're not being sold to. You just say what they want. And most people want what we have to offer. They're, they're pre-sold. We just talk them out of it with stupid, stupid words. So that would be an example of just little word sequences. Yeah, that's, that's such brilliant stuff. And, uh, folks, if, if you didn't write it down the first time, write it down this time, fortunenow.com. Tom is the author of 15 different books, and they're all short, really funny, really jam-packed full of wisdom and tips and little things you can say that work, really profound stuff that will change your career, fortunenow.com. I want to shift this a little bit, Tom, because I know you could train for hours, but you know what? People, uh, people can get that from your books. They can get it from your recordings. I want to give them some stuff they can't get from Fortune Now. A little bit of perspective on, um, you know, first of all, tell us what it's like to be you as a network marketing professional. And if you would do that by just maybe scan back, you know, I don't know, go back a month or two, Tell us some of the places you've been and the different companies that you've spoken to. And maybe some of your events or most of them were generic. So, you know, what were the, some of the companies that were represented there? Can you just give us a visual, globe-trotting, where have you been in the last month and what companies have you trained? Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> start with uh, yesterday. Start with yesterday and go Start back. with yesterday. Yeah. Well, I I just been going all over Australia. And like like where? Doing, uh, oh, Perth, Adelaide, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne. And before anybody gets the wrong idea, I have friends in all these cities, so 
I, I like to travel. That's the reason I joined the business was I just thought I have a five day week. I can't go anywhere on two days on a weekend. I won't have enough money. So I joined network marketing not for the money. I just wanted the freedom to go travel. So I like to travel. You know, everywhere I travel, I like hanging around with networkers. So I try to do a workshop. And I don't watch TV at all, so at night I could stare at the wall or I could be out with networkers and uh, getting addictive ideas for my next book and having the time of the life and sharing with them. So I'm doing workshops in all these cities and a couple of small ones. And, I, and you know, sometimes you have a lot of people and sometimes you have very few people. And it doesn't matter. We're just exchanging ideas. So I don't know, before Australia, um, I was in Malaysia for a day. Uh, Thailand. I was in um, the U.S. for four or five days. Where, where did in you India. go in the United States? Where were you in the United States? Uh, I'm trying to look here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me see. Uh, so I flew into down. Uh, mostly Texas that time. Most, mostly Texas. Okay, um, good. And I've before that, you were India. in India. Yeah, and then I was in uh, Almaty, Kazakhstan. I'm going back to Astana because I've never been there. And I, I just like seeing all, all these you know, nice places. Uh, I like seeing stuff in person versus the travel channel. Yeah. So for me, I travel, and when I have a chance, I talk to networkers. And everywhere I go, people always say, well, if you have a few hours, uh, could you just say a few words? And <laughs> and they say, we know you're not a good speaker. We know you mess up the language your grammar is bad we just want to know the words you say so as long as i can get a translator in most of these countries we go and try to get a lot more people involved in network marketing yeah which you so have. that's what it's like yeah beautiful so um how many countries have you been to have you kept track um no i've spoken over 100 though i kept i did that once but I figured all the time I figure out doing that, I could be doing something useful Productive. instead of keeping you've track spoken, of that. You've spoken it over at a, in over a hundred countries. That's amazing. Yeah. Somebody needs to do a documentary I I spoke on, your, well. on your life. <laughs> so uh, I, next, next thing I want you to talk about, because you have a, a great perspective on this and you know, there's, I think probably most people that listen to hero calls have some, experience in the business maybe they're in their first company maybe they're on their second or third and you know one of the things that comes up for network marketers if they've been in the business long enough is this whole subject about well you know you know this you know latest greatest company I'm sure it happens all over the world but certainly happens in the United States I was <laughs> I was just on a call with a group in Australia I think yesterday and you know they've been in their company for a year and a half and their company in the beginning was the darling of Australia the newest company and it was growing like crazy and everybody was joining it and now it's you know kind of flattened out it's not the most exciting thing and now some other company is coming into Australia and it's the most exciting thing and some of their distributors are leaving and going to the new most exciting company and 
you know, uh, one of the things that I tell my distributors when they say, hey, what, what do we do about this company? You know, they're the fastest growing company and the, they're setting all the records and, you know, they buy more BMWs than any company in the history of BMW and, you know, blah. What do we do about them? What, and what I tell them is, just wait a year. Ask me about them in a year. Because 95% of them won't, if they're still in business, they won't be very interesting. But I know you have a lot of perspective on that. Like, um, you know, you're, you, and, you inspired one of my most popular blogs, which is um, For Better or For Worse, a blog I wrote. And I start this blog off by talking about a quote that you gave me, which was, every company has its problems. Find the company that you want to have problems with and stick with them. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like getting married. So can you speak to that from a global perspective? All the companies you see, the flash in the pans, the braggarts, the record setters, and what's really important, and how do people stay motivated and stay committed and stay loyal to build something that maybe is not the flashiest, the most exciting anymore. Wow. Um, I kind of try to change their paradigm or perspective on how they look at their business. Um, I tell them, you know, Microsoft, huge company, you know, setting all records, but it's not in your downline, so you're not going to get paid on it. So what's really important is it's your business from you on down, not even your sponsor's business, but you on down. And people that are not successful tend to think success is outside of themselves, not within. So they blame outside circumstances like, well, uh, the economy's down, or it was election day. Uh, they feel that it's the, all the outside influence that, that can make them successful not what's inside. And I said, well, your business is you on down. And if you can't recruit people now in your current business, changing the name of the company you represent won't solve that problem. You got to solve the problem of how to build a team and how to recruit. So most people will say, no, the only reason I can't recruit is this company starts with a vowel instead of a constant. <laughs> <laughs> or this company is located in this location or whatever, or they had more sales in July 1997 than all their competitors. Or they just make up stuff. We tend to blame everything outside of us because taking personal responsibility is really not an, a human trait. Who <laughs> really try to blame everything else. So I said, here's the deal. It's you on down. Uh, you can switch companies and start all over again at a lower point all you want, but it's not going to fix your primary problem, which is building the team. So until you learn how to build a team, you're pretty much – and I say, but this company is setting records. I says, well, they're not setting records in your downline, are they? <laughs> well, no. So if you join over there, uh, you still won't have a downline, right? No. And uh, it's easier with them because their products are underpriced. Everybody is, uh, by law, has to buy them. And, yes, come on. So bottom line is, 
our business is us on down. So it, our asset is our skills. Uh, the company can come and go, go up or down in any particular month. But on the months the company's volume goes down, our group volume could go up and, and vice versa. When the company's in huge momentum, I bet there are some groups just dying because they're doing stupid stuff like I did when I got started. So for people that want to join, you know, I like your quote there, Richard. You know, um, all companies have problems. We simply choose the company we wish to have our problems with. And I That's like your you quote. quote that for women. <laughs> yeah, but I like it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all men have problems. You simply choose the man you wish to have your problems with. And, and once people get that, they can save all those brain cycles about coming up with excuses and use those to actually maybe back better. Yeah. But I'm yeah. sorry. In every big company, there's people that make a lot of money and people that are broke. So I don't think it's the company is the determining factor. And yeah. they seem to gravitate. Say, oh, yeah, I got it then. But uh, for those that leave, you could say, um, that's okay. I mean, everybody has choice. Uh, you know, maybe their future girlfriend's going to be at the other one and they want to come over. You know, I don't know. But I tell people, just, just get on with it. Uh, at some point, you will have to learn how to recruit, how to build, how to lead. Um, and unfortunately, the company's in charge of products and delivery and recognition and information and videos and samples. The company's in charge of all that outside of our control. The only thing that's in our control is the only thing we get paid for, which is to get people to make a decision to buy or join. So we should concentrate on our efforts and stop using all that other stuff to justify why we are so incompetent. <laughs> in the, Beautiful. In the story. <laughs> all right. Uh, another global perspective. I just read recently something you wrote about this. What what do you see around the world and uh, and even in in the United States, North America? Uh, what do you see as the perspective of the public about network marketing? Do you see it as a growing opportunity, a growing model for people that more and more people are interested in? Do you see it shrinking, stagnant? What do you see for the future of our profession? Oh, this is like the beyond awesome best time of all time. <laughs> when you and I started, Why? Richard, we were – if you mentioned network marketing, you're the anti-government communist hippie weirdo. Uh, you know, you're walking around like walking leper. <laughs> so people yeah. avoided us like plague, and it took us a long time to get somebody to join. But when they joined, they were loyal for a long time. Uh, nowadays – it's so much easier, but the challenges are different. Nowadays, you can sign somebody up. You know, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. They sign up, but in the afternoon, they're in two other deals because they think maybe the deal is going to make them rich. So the challenge is slightly different. But today is the best time. Uh, every year, more and more people join network marketing. I, I think back in 1991, when IBM started doing layoffs, uh, the penny dropped for most people that the work 40 years, retire thing was over. Yeah. I think IBM was the broke the camel's back, you know, they broke the trust, and and from that point on, it just got easier and easier. And right now, in every country, every country, it's more and more accepted. People are looking for it. Now, you do have some people that have been crushed by society. 
dream sucking vampire bosses taking little bits of their brain out every day, turn them into human zombies, you know, uh, totally depressed and ruined. And I don't know, there's maybe 5%. And they're going to say, ah, oh, network marketing, I don't want to do it. But, you know, these people just hanging around waiting to die. Uh, that you know they've already made up their mind that there's no hope in their life. They just leave them alone. Uh, those five percent are always going to be there, but for the vast majority, ninety-five percent, it is growing. More people get involved. They they, they like the freedom. Uh, they like being their own boss, even though it comes with <laughs> responsibility. Uh, this is the best time ever, and network marketing around the world. Uh, I know in the last. 20 some years I've been in Russia, this is like the chance for everybody to have a chance where they can't even have a business there. This is their chance to have something to raise themselves. In Asia, right now in Asia, it's, I don't know, probably twice as big as the U.S. as far as network marketing. Yeah. And you know, before it was the United States and then maybe Japan and a little bit of Europe. But now Asia is probably twice the U.S. volume in network marketing. It is huge over here. And I would like to say it's based upon my influence over the last years. But no, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just huge <laughs> over here because people want to go to work and there's not much socialism where you can sit at home and just get a check for sitting at home. Uh, people are responsible for their own lives and they say, wow, this is another chance, no capital. Uh, for those in network marketing right now, this is like beyond the golden age. You, you got to look at this and say, this is awesome. Uh, it's never been so easy. So that's my short answer. Yeah. Well, I uh, totally would agree with you. And the problems are different. You know, it's tougher to keep people focused. They go on the Internet or they go on Facebook and, you know, in a matter of 10 minutes, they can look at 20 companies and, that's no way to stay focused because something's always going to look better than you're doing. Um, but boy, are people like ready in this tech technology. I mean, the tools we have today for communicating and sending samples and shipping product and doing webinars and conference calls and, you know, even traveling, what it costs to travel today versus – 30 or 40 years ago, is like, it's a fraction of what it would cost. And so much easier to build a multi-million dollar empire today. You get your head and your heart wrapped around it and you focus on it and go to work for three or four years. So that's all good stuff. Well, for, for those listening. Thing. Go ahead. Yeah, one last thing you want to lay on these people? Technology is a two-edged sword. Uh, it allows us to meet a lot of people and sign them up and have very low level relationships. And as soon as we sign them up, we're, you know, doing some social media to get some more new people. I would just like to say that uh, for those listening, uh, you might want to consider a little bit about Richard Brooks philosophy, which is, you know, you get somebody and maybe you want to develop how they think, you know, start creating leaders, maybe think that, you know, success is within myself. It's not this whole company's going to support me or run to the next best thing or try to join some hot deal. Instead, maybe do a little bit of personal development with people. So they become a better person and they start realizing that success is within, within them and not outside of them. So technology certainly can get us in low level relationships with a lot of people, but ultimately, 
the secret network marketing is to build leaders and make them successful. So your success is not measured in the number of distributors that you have that are temporary come and go. Your success is measured by the number of leaders that you develop. And if you develop them, there's a strong tendency for them to be loyal to you. So just something for everybody to consider. We're in the leadership development business. I think I stole that from you, Richard. I know I did. Back to you. <laughs> You're so awesome. Well, that's what we're, Kimmy and I are doing in Lanai the middle of January for any of you ladies that feel like now might be the time for you to have a quantum leap in who you are as a leader and discover some really powerful, authentic passion. We're going to spend four days with 10 of you. We're going to have an immense amount of fun and adventure but we're also going to dive into all of our belief systems about who we are and who other people are and what we deserve in life and who we can be to go about making that happen. So if you think you're a candidate for that, we'd love to interview you. And we're going to pick 10 people to spend those days with. Maybe it could be you. Send something to info at Bliss Business or hit the website or the fan page and let us know you're interested and always tell us your story. Those of you that are out there, we love to hear stories at Bliss Business. A little story about how you got to 500 a month, a moderate story about how you got to five grand or a big story about how you got to 50 grand. Tom, I'm going to wrap this by, I know you don't frequent hero calls. How could you? You're always doing an event when I'm doing a hero call. But true to form, and you get no preparation for this, we end the call by my guest asking me a question. So what can you just pull right out of the top of your head that you would like to ask me for me to answer for these people around the world looking to be successful? Go. Well, how do you overcome built-in handicaps to be success. For instance, like you break a foot or something like that. How do you keep that from ruining moving forward? <laughs> I didn't break my foot. I tore the plantar tendon off the bottom of my heel. And how I moved Sounds forward broken. I got an I got an air cast that allowed me to walk. Do you have a serious question? Yeah, it is, because a lot of people have some built-in handicaps. Like for me, I was a nerd. Oh, and other oh. people have, uh, you know, 16 in their family they got to take care of after they come home from a full-time job. So we, yeah, we all have yes. handicaps. And quite honestly, you could have been groaning about your foot and posted it on Facebook. Oh, wait, you were. And posted it on Facebook. <laughs> and <laughs> How do you mentally overcome that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, it's, you know, you said something earlier that's just a big, profound piece of people having a, a reclaiming their power and having a breakthrough in what they can create in their life, and that's personal responsibility. So, yeah, sure, if you have a large family, you have a lot of kids, maybe you have two jobs, maybe you're a single mom and you have three jobs. Um, you know, maybe you tore the tendon on the bottom of your foot. Maybe you don't speak the language well. Maybe you don't have any money. Maybe you don't know anybody. 
you know, those were all, uh, I, I don't know, handicaps, adversities. Those were all something. So you had those. You know, I had those. There's a lot of people in network marketing that have those kind of challenges. I interviewed a gal, um, Kirsten Kirschbaum, I think about a month ago, and she has, I don't know, how many kids does she have, Kimmy? She have like just five? I thought she had eight. I don't know, I interviewed somebody before that had like eight kids, and Kirsten had five or six kids, and she built her entire business while she was having these babies. It's just, as, as I was listening to the answer, I was thinking, you know what? I would just, I would fall to pieces under that adversity, I think. I would just melt under the weight and the overwhelm of that. But you know what? She didn't. And other people don't. You know, they rise up. And for me, it's all about having, being motivated and, and having a story that you tell yourself. You can either tell yourself the story of I'm not going to be successful because, and the because is this handicap, this challenge, this adversity you have. Or you can tell yourself a story, yes, I have it, and I'm going to figure out a way. And when you tell yourself a story that paints a picture of, of inevitable success, regardless of what your adversity is, the, the human spirit, your, your intellectual creative genius, will figure out a path. It'll figure out a way for you to do it. And creativity is an immense thing. So if you look at the history of the world, the reason human beings rule the planet, the reason, you know, I'm sitting there in a the yard and there's like deer in the yard, deer in the yard, eating the shrubs, drinking water, wandering around. They're doing the same thing they've been doing for 100,000 years, a million years. Deer have not progressed one iota since deer first got on the planet, whenever that was. But humans, look at us. Look at what we've created. We've created this whole world, which, you know, in some cases is like a mess, but it's all creation. It all comes from a story that we tell ourselves that we can. And when you tell yourself the story that you can, which is just, you just make it up, folks. You, if you tell yourself you can't, uh, you know, there's no way. I just can't overcome. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know. You know, I, I, I've used this analogy, you know, thousands of times with, you know, if you're training people about, you know, talking to prospects and, if, you know, if they're tired, what they'll tell you, if you've got a room full of tired distributors, what they'll tell you is, I don't know who to talk to. Okay, so then you go through, send them through all of Tom's training on who to talk to. And that won't last very long. Uh, but you send them to all the Tom's training about who to talk to, and then they're, they're like whack-a-moles. They'll say, well, I don't know what to say to them. And then you send them to all of Tom's training, which will take a little while. He has a lot of training on what to say to him. And you get that resolved. And then they'll say, well, what do I do if they say no? So, you know, people can create that story. Or you can hypothetically, unfortunately we can't, but you can hypothetically tell people, well, what if your company pays you $100 for everyone you talk to? Then who would you talk to? And notice just by, how, how, just by changing the story, people go, well, if you pay me $100 for everybody to talk to, notice their confidence changes, their body chemistry changes, their state changes, their story changes, their strategy changes, their action changes, everything changes. To, if you get paid $100 for everybody you talk to, who would you talk to? Well, I'd talk to everybody. Well, uh, well what would you say to them? Well, 
I don't know. <laughs> You'd say something as opposed to being paralyzed because you don't know what to say. And what would you do if they said no? Uh, well, I guess it doesn't matter if I'm getting $100. No, it doesn't matter. So it's all about the story. So people that have challenges, adversities, handicaps, it's all about the story. And if you're, if you're going to have that one of those foundational ingredients of success, you're going to be personally responsible. You're not going to put it on anybody else. You're not going to use hope as part of your strategy. You're not going to you know, put it on your company. You're not going to put it on your upline. You're not going to put it on your downline. You're not going to put it on the government. You're going to put it on you. And human beings have been doing that for tens of thousands of years. And out of that, we've created an extraordinary world that we dominate because we have overcome all adversities put in front of us. And we've done that by telling ourselves different stories and creating strategies that have allowed us to overcome. And we can all do that. It's the gift that we have for being human, and it will lead to immense abundance if you put it to great use. Tom, thank you for that question, which I actually thought you were joking, but of course you are both joking and not joking. I want to tell you, my friend, you are at the top of the pyramid in my mind for preeminent, wise, uh, profoundly talented and generous leaders in our profession. The wisdom that you've imparted to tens of millions of people has made a, a huge difference. The ripple effect will go on for hundreds of years, perhaps thousands if we last that long on this planet. And I just want you to know that you're a great inspiration. I love you. And I, um, I just appreciate your contributions to me and everybody else. You're, you are the distinction, brilliance, and servant leader. Now, what are you going to say to that? Well, thank you, Richard. I'll send you the $20 by PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're over time, so, but it was worth it to have an hour with Big Al Tom Schreider on his way from Perth to catch. Chagatstan or someplace in Russia uh, to have another event. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use the discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.